Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Fight Diggy, Tribe Called Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to the Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong, yeah. Hey, welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto, host and founder of the Come Up Show. And if you're listening to this on the day this podcast is released, Wednesday, April 20th, we are celebrating our ninth year anniversary tonight in London, Ontario at the Roosevelt Room. I hope to see y'all there if you're from London, Ontario, or if you can make your way to London, Ontario. It's tonight, 420, Roosevelt Room, Go to thecomeupshow.com on Twitter or our website as well. And I hope to see y'all there. And for our Toronto peeps, next Thursday, April 28th at the Drake Underground is our ninth year anniversary in Toronto. Once again, you can check it out at thecomeupshow.com for full details. Let's get into the interview for today or podcast for today. And as you may know, these all these podcasts, all these interviews we've been releasing have been interviews with artists. This one is a special special release uh basically i was in sydney nova scotia this past weekend um from april 14th to the 16th uh 2016 for the east coast music association ecmas and i was part of the programming titled hip-hop invasion this is the first year that hip-hop was a huge focus for the ecmas and it had artists like Quake Matthews and Classified running workshops on what it meant to to be signed, what it's like to get your music, and how do you get your music on mainstream radio. The panel that I was a part of was about how to get your music placed on music websites and blogs. Uh, the moderator you'll hear in this talk, in this workshop, is Melissa McMaster, who you'll hear asking questions. And I was joined by my colleague, Aaron Lowers, who's uh, exclaimed music editor, hip-hop editor, managing editor of boywanda.net, Boywanda's website, and a publicist. And in the room were a bunch of artists from Nova Scotia, from the East Coast, like Quake Matthews, City Natives, Classified joined us, and also Ghetto Socks joined us later in the talk. I'm really excited to share this with you. Let me know what you think of this conversation. If you've learned anything like anything from it and if you want to hear more content like this please comment on the soundcloud at the come up show on twitter i hope you enjoyed this talk let's get into it Give kind of a, a little bit of a background of who you are and what you do. Okay. Uh, just 
in case anybody's, I, I release a podcast every Wednesday, so I'm just recording this to see if there's going to be any, uh, any, if any of it is going to be good enough to be released on our podcast. My name is Chetto. Uh, I'm originally from London, Ontario. Um, I started uh, the Come Up show uh, this April 20th will be the ninth year of that radio show. Uh, so I was basically a guy growing up in London, London Ontario, uh, lover of hip-hop, but there wasn't too much great hip-hop in London radio. Uh, so I was that guy in high school, always had an earbud in the ear. I was, friends were asking me to always make them CDs and stuff. And then um, I harassed our AV teacher and he gave me access to the sound system in our cafeteria and I played music for 45 minutes when everybody's eating their poutines and chicken burgers. <laughs> and when people are bobbing their head and you're playing those tunes, I was addicted to that feeling of just being able to play music for people because I was always sharing music. I was always sharing earbuds, but now I could play music for hundreds of people. And I'm like, wow, I, I love this feeling right here. And I was in grade 10 and I was age 16. And I don't know, the education system might be a little bit different, but we have careers class. And I went to careercruising.com I'm like, how can I play music for people? And radio broadcasting was one of those uh, uh, platforms, basically, for me how to like figure out how to do that. So uh, before I went to school for radio, though, I started volunteering at Western University, uh, a campus community radio station where anybody can drop by. You don't have to have any experience. And uh, I eventually got my own radio show. I started at the Wednesdays, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. time slot. That was my really starting from the bottom, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., uh, moved on to a better time slot, went to school for radio, and basically I went from a radio show to maybe a year to two years getting on the radio and having a better time slot. I was getting so much music. I was like, I only, now I only have two hours of radio a week, and I need something else because I'm getting so much great music, and I started a blog spot, and this would be 2009. So I started blogging about music, and then from blogging... Um, you know, I was doing interviews on my radio show, and then I started going to shows. I started going to events and doing interviews with artists. And at that time, I had no, like, uh, you know, nowadays, if you want to get an interview with artists, you email them, and you go through a publicist management. But I would show up to the venue with my recorder or whatever, and I'd say to security, I have an interview with this artist. And since I looked all professional, they're like, all right, get in. <laughs> and then I would, like, go from the front door, from the front entrance, all the way to backstage, just saying to... I have an interview with this artist, so that's how I worked my way in, and then I realized, okay, you gotta like actually, uh, there's a process to go through that. So uh, when I started doing interviews, um, you know, one of my, uh, one of the fans of my radio show, he was a skateboarder, he recorded like home video, like videos of him and his friends skating, he's like, yo, I hear your interviews on a radio, can I come and record one of your interviews? I'm like, yeah, for sure. And uh, so Raekwon, a chef, happened to be one of the first kind of real videos that he came along with recorded that that was in Grand Bend and then from there like I'm like wow like I got a lot of good response and I'm like all right let's start driving down to Toronto because everybody comes to Toronto and I started doing that and then you know I always I've interviewed hundreds of Canadian artists but then I started getting into interviewing people like um, I interviewed Wiz Khalifa before Black and Yellow came out uh, I interviewed Kendrick Lamar before Section 80 came out I've done a bunch of interviews like that where the popularity of the radio show went to a next level because I'm interviewing these artists, right? So um, now I've been living in Toronto for a couple of years. Uh, Manifesto was one of the first opportunities as a music programmer. Manifesto is a festival that happens in, in every September at Younger Nundas Square. And people, we call it like the Times Square of Toronto where it's a large, uh, it's a downtown 
and you know over around 10,000 people. Uh, it's a festival that starts from noon on that Saturday until like 11 p.m. and it's part of a five-day festival. So I work with Manifesto, and she's also Aaron also works for Manifesto. So the ComeUpShow.com is the actual website where we do interviews, a lot of original content. We don't just do blogs. We create original content. So now I have a podcast that's released every Wednesday. Um, we have video interviews on our YouTube channel, and then we do like cover concerts and reviews and all that type of stuff. So that's nine years in a few moments. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I do a lot of things. I think I started blogging in 2009. There was a website called KevinNottingham.com, which was an entirely indie website. Perfect. See, so I was there at that time. Um, and I kind of built my network from the States over back into Toronto uh, and started working with a magazine called Pound Magazine, which was Canada's largest hip-hop magazine for over a decade. Um, and from there, I kind of I started working with Manifesto in different aspects. And at this point now, I'm doing their editorial, uh, you know, all of their editorial stuff. I've done their educational programming. I've done... Possibly every position you could do at Manifesto. I've helped Chato with the music programming. Um, aside from that, though, I have my own PR company, which is why Melissa said I work with a lot of artists. I work with a lot of independent artists, but specifically, lately, they've been a lot of American artists. I don't know why. It just happens to be that way. Um, and then I manage Boy Wanda's website. If anybody's ever been on boywanda.net, I manage that entire website. And I am, hold on. There's things I'm missing. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> I just took on the position of hip-hop editor at Exclaim. Um, everybody know Exclaim? So it, right now it's Canada's largest almost monthly music print magazine. Um, I think our distribution is 20,000, nope, that's 200,000 across the country. I'm like, that's not right. Um, so yeah, I manage all the content that comes through and A3C. There we go. Um, anybody heard of A3C Festival? I feel like some of you guys went last year. Um, so I am technically the Canadian brand ambassador for A3C. I've been doing that for, this is going to be my fourth year. I've run two showcases. Uh, the first one was kind of, sort of Canadian with a couple artists. There was an artist from Nova Scotia who was supposed to be on and couldn't come at the end of the day. But... Um, the second one was just Toronto. It was really well done. Everybody showed up. Uh, and then last year, I managed their entire conference for the full three days. Um, so, you know, I walked into my makeshift office, and Young Jeezy was there, and, like, Young Chop was there. It was just it was a crazy experience. Um, and this year, hoping to do the same. We're still trying to figure out what we're doing at A3C this year, but uh, I suggest everybody go, even if you're not performing. It's, what is it, October 2nd to 9th this year, I think. Um, and honestly, as much as people go to South by Southwest, it's like this is a, an experience where it's strictly hip hop. The people you need to know are there. The combat jacks, the you know everybody that you would want to get in touch with are there, and not necessarily at South by where you would have to search them. So it's a really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Being in Atlanta, it's very intimate. And you have access to everyone, and everyone is open talking with you and it just represents the whole you know underground hip-hop scene and like the where the emerging artists want to go um, and last year was the first year that a number of us went in this room and others we took 11 artists in total from the 
Nova Scotia um, to Atlanta, um, and there ended up being 16 of us that got on the plane to kind of fly down. And I think everyone had a really great experience and just took in so much from it. We did our own showcase, we spoke on some of the panels at the conference, and then just took in some of the larger acts. So it's definitely something that we'll be doing again, um, and that you should experience if you don't go to Southwest Northwest. Yeah, Southwest is not expensive. ABC is still expensive, but like, it's a better experience from the people who've been to both of them that I've heard from. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got it all. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so like, I just want to kind of start off like just like basic in that sense. So when an artist like sends you like a submission, sends you an email like, that they want you um, to listen to their music or to get it placed, what are you looking for in that submission per se? Um, for me, I feel like the way to actually get your music hosted is to have it in a format that actually works for whoever you're sending it to. So you need to have your cover art, you need to have your producer names, you need to have um, you know, your SoundCloud or Audio, Audio Mac, whatever it is. You need to have all these little pieces of information because at the end of the day, if I'm getting 70 plus submissions every day, I'm not going to try to find you on social media or I'm not going to try to find your SoundCloud or anything like that. So if you send people zip files, like we're not opening them. If you send them, um, you know, just random links to other press releases and, and blogs, we're not really looking at that. Uh, for me, it's as direct as you can be is better. And the subject line, don't put like the hottest song you're going to hear today. I get a lot of these and they're normally the opposite. And like I, at this point, I think I filtered them out of my, my actual Gmail. If it says hottest song, I think it goes to spam at this point. Um, but yeah, it's very basic information. Like, and then if you add an artist statement, saying something about your song, saying why you're writing it, saying you know the description of the video or what the what the concept of anything is, that helps push your song so easy. It's those little details that make us actually understand who you are. Um, that helps a lot. Yeah. So. Uh I hope like you guys are like writing this on your memo pad or your phone or whatever because you're gonna forget and then you're gonna make the same mistakes because we really want to help artists. Uh, our music email for the come up show we receive over 150 emails a day, right? And then there's my personal email. Mm -hmm. So those are some great tactics right there. But then let's get before what are we gonna open? If you send me something personally and I've never heard of you, probably might not be opening that email like. Like, at least, is there any buzz behind your name? Like, do I know you because you've done a feature with Quake? Or, or you're from, like, I've just heard your name. I've seen you before. Maybe you introduced yourself to me. Because um, if I just get, I see a subject where it's, the subject is all in caps lock and I've never heard of you, I'm, I'm be honest with you, I'm not going to open that email. It's not going to be open. Especially our music email where, like, we have to, like, empty, it's a Gmail account, it's seven gigs, but we have to empty that email out, like, maybe once a month or whatever, and there's going to be a bunch that we're not going to read. It's, it's not humanly possible for us to go through over 100 emails a day. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. So, um, um, yeah, like, hopefully you put in some work a little bit. Like, um, earlier in that other conference, uh, that session that we were at, like, um, See where, where you can start. Like, what's around you in terms of if you're living in, in Nova Scotia, what music outlets are there here? Who can give you coverage here? Is your story interesting enough 
you know, to be covered here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Quake, weren't you on, where, where were you on, CTV or like some type of local yeah. cable channel? Yeah. And you just asked. Yeah. That's the reason <laughs> why he got on. All he, all he did was ask, you know what I mean? And Quake might be one of the uh, more established artists in the scene, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's, you know, they've seen that name before, but he just asked. So see what's, uh, our, like, what coverage you can get from, like, from your hometown, from your media outlets here, because mm-hmm. you might have an interesting story. You might have, like, you know, because the, the local TV channels in, in this market are going to try to appeal to their audience which live here right so they could say like you know what's the what's the major intersection here like they might say this kid lives on this street name and that person's like oh that guy just lives around the corner from me and like they're gonna watch that like there's there's that connection that you're, it's relevant to that person why, why should they care so see what you can accomplish from your own hometown or what's around here or whatever like the magazines like walk in there and like be personable have those establishment uh, connections because they're po- possibly going to know somebody, right? And I am more likely to open something if if somebody I know, if, whether it be a quake or something like that, says, "Yo, like, you need to check this person mm-hmm. out," or they've done, you've done, uh, I, 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 he's done, like you guys done a feature with him. That's so. Like I need to look for that like, familiarity because you know we get, we get that much so much music and so try to basically extend uh explore all options that you have here and yeah in terms of the uh, what Aaron said so the theme behind that cuz we could tell you like a million th- tactics but the the theme behind that is how can i make it as easy as possible for the person that i'm sending it to right because look at an average blog post what does an average blog post have it has pretty decent artwork it has a little bit of write up has a SoundCloud, and I'm so thankful that SoundCloud is so popular today, Mm -hmm. because five years ago, an artist used to send me a zip file over a gig or something like that, and says, yo, listen to my song, and I'm, you expect me to download a a 100 megabyte (laughs) or a gig album or a zip, like a zip, and then download it, which will take maybe 10, 15 minutes, extract it, and import it to my iTunes, and then press play to see if you're good enough. No, spam. You're, you're, you're deleted. I'm sorry. So now we live in the age of where SoundCloud, I, I don't, the, 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 the idea behind it is I need to hear your music before I even invest too much on it. So SoundCloud is very easy. That's one of the things, or Bandcamp, whatever you guys use. Uh, and the thing behind it is how can they hear it uh, without like being too invested in it, yeah. right? So, and then making the job of the, of the writer easy. So artwork, is definitely great. So having, you know, maybe a decent graphic designer that you're working with because that's going to stand out, right? And what we'll do is say we write about you and we're going to block and we're going to post it on social media, right? So think about your social media feeds. You're always scrolling on your newsfeed, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If it's an artwork that's like eye-catching, you're going to maybe pause there for a second and, and look at it like, what is this? And read about it, right? Because we live like you know, attention is the most valuable commodity today. Mm-hmm. It's so important. It's so important to get people to pay. And we live in a noisy, saturated world. So, like, all those little things, like having a pro- proper presentation, you know. So, and I know some artists who have, like, a creative team. Like, they have the same graphic designer. They have the same videographer because you'll build that relationship and they know what you like. Or you can work with different people. I think the other thing to note is, like, especially with your artwork and stuff, make sure it's either iTunes size or, like, bigger than 800 by 800 pixels because most, like, websites need kind of a larger image they can scale down. Um, the other thing is, like, I open cold call emails all the time. Like, I don't mind doing it. It may take me a really long time to get to them, but I do them. Um, 
And especially if you reach out to these people that you're trying to attract on social media, on who's on Twitter? It's, it's funny because you were saying that. literally the best What's your name again? tool. Ryan. So we had this conversation. Ryan was saying nobody really uses Twitter around here. You can find every writer that you want to find, except for Mecca from Two Dope Boys, who's yes. currently not here. He doesn't have Twitter. Um, you can find everybody on Twitter and hit them up and be like, listen, I just want to send you something. I want to reach out to you. Sometimes they'll answer it. Sometimes they won't. Don't send them your links through that little message that you send them. But you can find the editor of, you know, Complex Canada on Twitter and just hit them up and be like, hey, Aaron, I really want to just get something to you. What can I do? Like, it's the easiest thing to, to actually use Twitter. It's insane. I suggest everybody do this. And then start following the actual websites that you want to be placed on. So if you want to be on Fader Canada, you should probably follow Anupa Mystery, who is the Fader Canada editor. You should probably figure out who you need to know. Um, and that's a huge part of the music business in general. It's your network, right? So Twitter is the easiest way to find these people. And I'll take a, the previous step because I always think about value, right? You have to be a person of value. So uh, if you, have, you don't have nothing out right now, you maybe in the summertime you're going to have something out, follow the people who you need to follow right now, follow them, mm -hmm. and then like uh, participate in whatever they're talking about. Yeah. That is, there's some artists out there who are so smart because I, you know, uh, say they follow me, they're not promoting nothing, but I'll talk about whatever, the hockey, the basketball game, or what, whatever Kanye's saying about, and they'll respond to me, and mm -hmm. they'll like participate in that conversation. And then I'll look at their Twitter profile, and I see that they're a musician. Okay, they're in my mind now. So a week, two weeks later, a month later, when they send me something, I am actually going to take you it in. Rather than saying, this person, the first thing that they did is spam me right away. You followed me, and he said you gave me a SoundCloud link. I hate you. Sorry. <laughs> like, I'm going to be, you know, by the way, guys, I'm going to be brutally honest right now. I'm going to be 100. Because out there, people, you're going to wonder what's going on. I'm, I'm going to tell you what's happening. So yeah. try to be a person of value in terms of participate. We're all like, we're part of the same culture. Like, like. Follow all these people, mm -hmm. and how you follow by, by basically Twitter search. The search on Twitter is the best, one of the most underused tool. Basically, type in like Fader, type in Complex, type in The Come Up Show, and what, what we'll do is it'll show you every person who writes for Complex, every person who writes for Fader, every person who writes for The Come Up Show, because what they'll have in their bio, right? You'll say, I'm Chetto, I'm founder of The Come Up Show, mm -hmm. right? And Twitter will find that. So follow all these people, like follow them ASAP, and then like participate in whatever funny things that they're gonna say, right? They, they tweeted a smokes poutine uh, bacon combo. Yo, that's my favorite poutine, bro. Like, be authentic. Just be real. Like, if you can connect with them on a human level, right? Like, that's the most important thing. And I remember when I interviewed you, Quake, when you went to A3C, you were saying, you know, instead of like the average rapper has 100 CDs with them, and they're like, yo, here's my CD. But he left his hotel room, he went outside to have a smoke, and he just had conversation with other people who were there. He wasn't trying to like, yo, here's my CD. He had a conversation yeah. with them. And he connected with them on a human like level, like, yo, like this guy's funny. And then they'll be like, oh, what do you do? Then they're open like to, like, to getting that music and like saying, oh, that's cool, man, I appreciate it. Right. Rather than it's like, yo. Here. Like build us because we're all human beings. We all like to connect with each other. Where we, we're like we're social animals as human beings, right? We like to connect with each other. So follow these people on Twitter, build with them, make it like organic, and then when you're ready to, there's this book called Jab 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 Right Hook. Basically, when you're doing what you're doing is you're jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. Your right hook is when your album comes out, saying, "Yo, 
this is what I have ready to go. Can you help me out? And then we'll, we'll receive, like, we'll, we open it. And the hardest thing to do right now is, like, to get people's attention, mm-hmm. right? Like, all you want is our attention. Because after that, when, you, when we click play, that's your job as a musician. Hopefully your song is good, but th- that's something that you do. You, as an artist, know hopefully how to make great music and connect with people. But the hardest thing is not to make great music, it's also to get people to pay attention, to care, and take that in, and say, yo, I really mess with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> Yeah, let's make this an open forum. This is fun. Uh, this is a more specific question, but um, what is the best bet for cloud storage if I want to send something that's not really so it's not on my SoundCloud, not on a Bandcamp? What's the best cloud storage software? Is there, can you stream from Dropbox or something? I mean, if you're sending something that's not released already, like you can make private streams on SoundCloud, for one. But I think if you're going to send private anything to like anybody that you're reaching out to, make sure you actually know them first, yeah. right? So if you have that relationship, you can definitely do that and be like, listen, I want you to, to listen to this before I release it. Um, maybe they'll answer it, maybe they won't, but you can make that private stream on SoundCloud and go from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, there's private, uh, you can up- upload it privately and there's a private link okay. and then you could share it with people on SoundCloud. Definitely. And yo, we have classified. Yo, classified. If we're, we're, we're spitting any bullshit, just let us know. Like, or there's, you know, other like, if there's, if, he's just if, in the corner hanging out. Yo, if there's no, if there's anything like that, you because, and this is another thing. Like, um, I realized like, I've, you know, I've I don't know how many interviews I've done, but I realized there's not one way, like one true way, to, magic bullet for success. Yeah. All these artists have their unique story because they're their path is as unique as they are, right? Like, so there isn't one way to like, yo, this is how, you know, this is how you become a successful artist. Yeah. Everybody has a different path. So like, class, if you can, you know, if there is anything that you think that you can add your two cents to, please, because, <laughs> you know, you're... Well, just like what you were saying, like, there's no real format. It's do any and everything you can and Yeah, so I, I, I really like SoundCloud. And uh, you know what's funny about SoundCloud, actually? Now I'm noticing, like, there's a lot of SoundCloud... Uh, well, SoundCloud's algorithm, in terms of, like, say you press play on something, and then, like, you're in, in the background working on something, the next song that plays, a suggested track, it does a really good job. I, like, so the, good. It's great. Their so algorithm, I don't know what SoundCloud <laughs> is doing, but if I press play on a classified track, uh, and then, like, that next track after, it'll be, like... A song like an artist that is like in that same kind of feel. You're like, yo, like I I I catch myself listening for at least half an hour to an hour of of not even like trying to do anything. And SoundCloud does a really great job. And now and that and and then what what's happening is I'm noticing a lot of artists who are probably nobodies who are getting around twenty thousand listens per song on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because that would never exist five years ago. Like, what did you do five years ago? Like Hulkshare or .com or it had to be like a, a download link and that's it. Or maybe you uploaded it to YouTube or something like that. But SoundCloud does a great job on, on that and it's pretty inexpensive, probably like a hundred bucks a year or something like that and you can upload unlimited files. And people, there's people, and, there's, and their app is amazing as a listener, just as a consumer, like, it's a really quick app, and um, there's a lot of fan, There's a lot of new fans that you could discover, and there's a lot of. I was just talking to her. I call them SoundCloud rappers, who just all they do is continue to upload music on SoundCloud, and they do nothing else in terms of like they, they don't do as many shows because they're they think they're popping on SoundCloud, which is obviously not 
you don't want to do that. But like they're getting 20, 30,000 listens on SoundCloud because yeah. of how it's a, a huge website. It's, they, they call themselves the YouTube of audio, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I like SoundCloud a lot. Bandcamp used to be the thing too, but like, I don't know, SoundCloud I find is the yeah. It's easier. Good. Yeah. So for Like just from Canada or? Yeah, Canada, US. I get a lot just because it's Boy Wanda's website um, and because I work for Exclaim Canada. Like it's, it's all Canadian. But there's a lot of Americans too, right? And the one way to stand out from, God, how do I say this? Like there's so many submissions and it's just the way that you word your press releases is how you stand out, realistically. And the people who are, you know, if you have a feature with somebody who's a little well-known, use that as your lead. If you have an interesting story, use that as your lead. If you're somehow the only rapper from, you know, Nova Scotia who is, has a video on MTV, like, that's your lead. Like, lead with the stuff that you, is unique to you. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of submissions from outside of Ontario, for sure. Yeah, um, I definitely support uh, Nova Scotia artists, you know. <laughs> plug. Um, That's a plug. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, the come, like, I'm getting a lot of music. Number one place is Toronto, obviously, because there's so much music. Ontario. Um, yeah, it's more like Ontario than East Coast and a little bit of West Coast mm -hmm. is, is where we get music from. And I, um, I... I don't care where the music comes from. Yeah. The thing is, so I'm living in Toronto now, but we still have a radio show in London. Like I recruited somebody who's doing a radio show each and every Saturday, and we love uh, radio edits. Um, we need clean music uh, because we can't play swearing on the radio. And that's another thing to also include. Um, that's another, you know, we're talking about blogs right now, but I would estimate there's a pro approximately at least at minimum 50 hip-hop radio shows on campus community radio stations across mm -hmm. Canada, probably way more than that, at least 50. So on our radio station in London, CHRW, there's five hip-hop radio shows on that one station. And, and the and thing about these radio shows, these radio DJs, they, we can play whatever we want. We play what we like. We have freedom. So there is, um, uh, what is it, Earshot? Mm -hmm. And I hope somebody's like, you guys are, the guys who are smart write this stuff down, Earshot. Mm -hmm. Uh, it basically tracks all the campus and community radio stations that report to it. So you'll see like what's charting on uh, hip hop, the hip hop category, like what the top albums are, and the contact information of the music director, the phone number, and the radio station uh, website link is there. And what you could do is click on the website and go to where the actual website is and see what hip hop shows that they have and uh, see what hip-hop shows that they have, and, um, and then Google them, because if they're a pretty decent hip-hop radio show, they have a Twitter account, they have Facebook, they have something, and then you can reach out to them. And I found that uh, reaching out to these guys, there's at least 50 of them, um, they like your music, they'll play it. It's that simple. And I find that they're kind of underused because it's all about blogs, but these are like markets from, from Vancouver all the way to like, is there... What's, what's in Halifax? CKDU. CKDU, right? Is there hip-hop shows on there? Yeah. And if, if, you, if, you, you, if you send them music, they like it, they'll play it? Yeah. yeah. So there's that times 50 across Canada, minimum 50, right? In Toronto, there's probably like at least 
20 radio shows, like 10 to 15. So that's another underused uh, kind of platform like to reach out to them and, and get your music out there. Yeah. Um, when is it too late to send a song? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, for me, for Boy Wanda especially, we kind of work within a month, probably more like a three-week timeline. We always have like things coming and going. So if you're trying to push something that's from six months ago, we're not posting it. It's just what it is. Um, with Exclaim, it's either it's even less of a time slot. Like if I need to push out an album you released at the top of the month and get a review on it, it's going to be backdated. And that's not necessarily the best. Um, if you're trying to, to keep promoting your stuff, it's literally going to be backdated to whatever day you released it on. Uh, but to kind of go around that. Say you released a song and it didn't get any plays or the video didn't get any views or whatever, re-upload it. Like if, if there's not enough on there or if you don't think that it's, um, that it didn't get its fair chance, just re-upload it, right? And send it out that way. But I just, I keep a very tight span on when it's So when, yeah, for our radio show, we're pretty cool about that. Like, well, why, why, why did you ask that question? Why, what, yeah. Sometimes songs don't catch waves though. Yeah. True. Yeah. And it's but funny because that's right? that can happen with like uh what was it? Mike Posner song yesterday that I took a pill in a visa or whatever? Uh, was it a was it an acoustic version first? Yeah. So he released that. Was it like a year before or six months before? And then he made the remix, and the remix was the one that was popping. So yeah, there's something that maybe it could, maybe an additional verse or re, yeah, yeah, that you can just put it out again. Or reintroduce it with a video. That's another way. But you can definitely get around it. So touching on Um, not necessarily. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. Two different platforms, yeah, it's, right? it's very two different things. It depends on what you're trying to achieve with the song. If you release yeah. the song first, um, I mean, you can get it radio play, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't release the video. But what, what could, that, okay, you could gain momentum. Say you, you send it to a radio, campus radio shows, and you gain momentum with that. Maybe they have a hit list that's a number one, or like it's getting heavy rotation on CKBU or whatever. You can include that in the press release saying, getting heavy rotation on CKBU, that is, uh, gives you credibility uh, for your press release. So momentum, credibility, these type of things uh, matter because uh, they give us like, as, as writers, like, oh, okay, this is getting some, some buzz and we wanna, we wanna help push that. And um, what came to my mind is like, uh, build, building personal relationships, right? So there's been, there's been artists where like, um, you know, we've been working with like, you know, we support KO, and there's an artist named T.Y. from Hamilton as an example, where like um, one of his first was it videos or songs that uh, he released with us, uh, and then what he did was he got all his fan base, like his friends, family, whatever, shared it on Facebook, and they, he, they, he promoted the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. And then what happens on the back end of my website, I'm seeing all the traffic from that, from that post. So once again, um, we're in the job of getting as much traffic as possible to our websites, right? So if you have a 
if you plan a, a release or a premiere with somebody and you get everybody to come and there's comments on the, on the, on the post, if you see that increased lift traffic, we're like, wow, th this guy is really about his grind. And then we're starting to build a relationship, a solid relationship. And as we continue to do that, and then things go from there. And that's, that's why I think that, um, why I said in the beginning of like, see who you can build with, like who's approachable, who's, t who's taking the bait and like, and, and, and see what you could do with them and then build it from there. Because you could spend like hours, days, yeah. weeks trying to like hit up over a hundred blogs mm -hmm. and just get frustrated when there isn't that much momentum happening. really valuable for you guys if I share like a blog post to an embedded video and it might be more valuable for an artist too because Facebook has algorithms so that if you post a YouTube video it's less likely to get shared than if you post it directly to Facebook and I'm thinking like it might make more sense for me to get a blog sharing my video then post directly to that blog with like a photo uh, like showing the video and then I get links to that blog and then I get views on the video too so Exactly, and uh, we just did this with an artist named Re uh, Relic Rel with Fresh Kills, who's I guess uh, the same same thing. It was uh, Fresh Kills on NPC, and then they were. Uh, so what we did with that is a video premiere, right, uh, on YouTube. But what we did is we get we told them to make a thirty second teaser of that video, g give us that file, right. So to our Facebook fan page, we uploaded the video, right, and then we in the caption we said. Premiere, and then we included a link for so people can go to our website to watch the full video, right? Because fa Facebook, Facebook right now is trying to push video, right? And yeah. um, so those are the type of things that we can do. And this is happens when you once again build relationships with people and have that one person website. They're like, "Yo, let's make this a real like campaign or whatever." And like, how can we like get, gain momentum with this? And um, and yeah, so with that vid after that video went out, I sent it to, um, to Hip Hop Canada. I'm like, yo, guys, check this out. And uh, Sarah from Hip Hop Canada opens my email in two seconds and posts it in five minutes. Because yeah. it's the come up show, right? She knows who I am. There's regional editors for Hip Hop Canada too, by the way. <laughs> Not everybody's doing the same region. But you, you need to find your editor, that's for sure. Uh, what do you guys think if someone's just like, I got $200? I mean, like there are, there's definitely people who do that, who, who pay the post for sure. Um, for me, I can't. It, it wouldn't work well just, again, because it's boy one day, it would fall under OBO, and that's a whole next issue. Um, World stars pay, yeah. World star, I've had clients who have had a lot of good experience with World Star, but it doesn't necessarily take them further than you know they want to be. They're on a page. Eventually, they're gonna get bumped down, and like that's it. Um, it's hard to refine, you know, their video at the end of the day. But I think what you, uh, what's more valuable with that two hundred dollars, you can actually you should advertise it on social media, yeah. right? Uh, you have say it's a video, maybe upload it to Facebook, mm -hmm. and then spend money uh, with Facebook, uh, with like you know who are your who are you know like who are like uh, you know who are the fans that like. Who are like other artists? Uh, other artists who are in your like like similar artists to similar you. artists to you, yeah. you that, that you know like fa Facebook is one of the best advertising tools because you can target 
right? You could say like, I want to reach MGK fans who are in Halifax, Nova Scotia, who are 18 years old, and who also watch Family Guy. Like you, <laughs> you could do things like that on Facebook. So that would be much more valuable. And yeah, I, my, our website we don't we don't accept we don't accept paid submissions. Yeah. Uh, there are websites that paid accept paid submissions, but like the thing with that is, their if we're, if we're, sucks. Tr- <laughs> yeah, it uh, it affects it affects their brand in the long term if we're posting artists who want to pay all the time. And what I find with that is, I find that, no disrespect to anybody else, I find that the artists who have a lot of money to spend, up-and-coming artists, are pretty shitty, and the artists who are the most talented have no money to spend. That's what I find. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the artist who has so much talent doesn't have a dollar and needs your love, and the artist who's like probably a drug dealer on the side has all the, mo- all the money in the world and wants to fucking, he's just doing it because he's yeah. got dollars and yeah. he's going to be in it for like a, a year or two. Or yeah. With us, the Google fundraise and stuff, like we, we kind of look at it from different aspects. So there's more than just one uh, marketing scheme. You know, like I'm, not, I'm not a professional. I'm just basically putting my two cents. You know, we're pretty dedicated when it comes to like figuring out every way that we can possibly promote and uh, you know, live shows and Everything else, it's, it's not just about the internet at the same time. We'll promote, well, like if we're going to do an album, we say, boys, we're going to go on tour mm-hmm. like a month or something, you know what I mean? Like, to get this album out there. For sure. And at the same time, we're going to promote game. Facebook's pushing really hard, too. Like, now that you have, like, your fan pages and stuff set up on Facebook, I think it's cool how, like, they'll actually ask us, like, do you want to boost this post? Yeah, yeah like, it's so easy to get on that level. We actually just, like, exclusively, we tried something new with our last release. We're like, you know, let's fuck YouTube. Let's do, let's just post exclusively to Facebook. Yeah. And man, the views just fucking went up. And we're like, we post on YouTube too. And we're like, fuck, there's like a thousand views. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Normally we push 5,000. I know if we put our link in the Facebook description, like our true fans are going to want an easier way to access this video. And that's more dedicated to our YouTube channel. They're subscribing and stuff. So I said, boys, let's put the YouTube link in there. And eventually those views are going to build on their own because we have our subscribers and we have our fan base that we already established. Yeah. Right? So, so God, part of my success in everything, I think of how can I make it as easy as possible for whoever, whatever I'm trying to do, whatever my call to action is, how can I make it as easy as possible? That's how, uh, you know, I, st- I launched my radio show in 2007. I had like a Facebook group back then that was over five, 6,000 people. And I, I came with the philosophy of people are lazy and I'm gonna make it as stupidly simple as possible. It's gonna be harder for you actually not to do what I want you to do. Like, I'm gonna make it so easy for you. And that's how I, that's how like uh, I gained that fan base and like, I killed it on Facebook as well. And the reason why you guys have seen amazing reaction with Facebook video is because Facebook right now is coming for YouTube. They're like, we're coming for video because video is where the advertising dollars are and Facebook is coming for it. And right now, Facebook's uh, algorithm is favoring videos. So that's why, that's why you see um, views. The one thing I'm gonna give you kind of a warning though with Facebook and um, is you don't own Facebook. Yeah. Right. You don't own the fan page, right? So right now, I think, I don't know, we're close to 5,000 people on our Facebook fan page. Mm-hmm. Like a year or two years ago, when we post something, maybe like thousands of people would see that one post. Right now, it might be four to 500 people or whatever. 
And the reason why is Facebook changed the algorithm because they want me to pay for every single, first of all, they want me to pay to get likes for people to like my page, and then they want me to pay for every post because they're a publicly traded company and they need to make dollars or their stock is gonna go down, which pissed me off. And yo, how many likes do you have on your fan page, class? (laughs) Over 100,000, right? <laughs> oh, and are you noticing that not as many people are seeing it now? Like, totally, right? Two years ago, you post something like mad comments. Now it's like you gotta pay, you know, over 5,000. Yeah. Exactly. And he has. Facebook also, the views are free on Facebook. Yeah, that's not what It's not like it's like. If you scroll by, yeah. 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 I saw the videos on Facebook, we have like 10 million views, and the same one on YouTube, we have like 16. Yeah. Because yeah. Facebook, as long as it goes into timeline, you go by, you don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook counts three seconds as a view. Once <laughs> three seconds, say you're scrolling, you see for three seconds, it's counted as a view. Awesome. Right? And I think Facebook, uh, YouTube's longer than that, maybe 10 seconds or something like that. But that's what came. so he has over a hundred thousand likes, guys, and he sees the, the, the decline. So basically, you don't own Facebook, use it. But like this video thing right now, the reason they're pushing video, maybe in six months, a year from now, your views for your videos are going to go down because it's, it's going to be cluttered. Mm-hmm. So um, I find out what are the things that you basically you want to be everywhere. But an email newsletter is also another direct way uh, to reach. Uh, your fan base and that's the reason why we were talking about uh, Ryan Leslie earlier where he has a system where uh, he can actually text his fans in Toronto and like everywhere else right so I don't know if that's accessible right now to the public I think you can apply for it if you want to but that is the most direct relationship right like if you send a text message to somebody what are the chances that they're going to see it pretty high really high (laughs) really 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 high so uh the most valuable relationship that you can have is with your fans, right? right? That's the most important The most important and valuable relationship you can have is with your fans. So I would say try to like uh, maximize the relationship that you have with your fans. Like, like do they love you? Are, they, are you guys best friends? <laughs> can you name your top three fans, right? Yes. Do you know where they live? You know? Do you know when their birthday is? It's easy on Facebook. You know when their birthday is. Say happy birthday to them because they'll love you. And if you build that relationship with your fans, that's the most important, important thing. Because there are artists out there who don't get that much blog love. But guess what? They're, they're, they got a career because their fans love them. They're touring the world because their fans love them. And that's the most important connection and relationship you have. So maximize that relationship with your fans. It could be 10 people. Just get to know them because that will grow. And word of, F social media. Word of mouth is the best marketing tool that is never going to change ever 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 so if your if your fans love you they're going to tell their their friends their cousins or whatever and maybe you have some people coming to your show Does that process change for you when you're writing media releases or you're doing PR to break an artist or to send that music into kind of the U.S. media stream? Um, sometimes it changes. 
but not really. I think we're at a point where Canada's finally sort of being looked at um, as, you know, a country with hip-hop artists. Um, especially, you know, of course, Toronto is finally being looked at for real as someone, like, there's so many A&Rs that are coming to the city just to see what's happening. So when I approach, you know, these U.S. outlets, the only time that it will change is if it's with a fader or a complex or someone who has a... Um, like a sister company in Canada. So Complex Premieres are now Complex Canada Premieres, for the most part, unless you're signed, unless you're, you know, you have that pull. Um, and then same with Fader. Fader. Fader's integrated better than Complex with their U.S. and Canadian markets, but that's the only time it will ever change is when it comes down to who's posting what content. Aside from that, people are so excited to see what's coming from Canada that doesn't matter. As long as your stuff is good, nobody ever cares about where you're from. <laughs> like, it's very rare. Um, I think the only thing about, you know, Toronto artists specifically is that they get pulled into this Drake, the Drake effect, and everybody's like, oh, is he, you know, he sounds like Drake, or is he affiliated to Drake, or whatever. Um, but everybody else in Canada doesn't necessarily have to deal with that, so that's great. So, <laughs> yeah. So when you guys get submissions or when you're listening to new music, realistically, like, how long do you listen to it? Or what, like, what catches you, like, yeah, within that, like, eight seconds? Like, for sure. Um, for me, I listen to the first, like, ten seconds to see how it's actually starting out. I listen to probably about 20 seconds of the middle and then see how it ends. If I can't get a feel of what you're doing, like I'll listen to your hook or your chorus, and if I, I get a bit of that verse, if I, like in that time span, in that 30 seconds, it's like an elevator pitch. Um, I know how you're gonna sound, I know your delivery, I know whether I like the production. I don't need to listen to the full 30 or three minutes and 30 seconds or what have you. But again, that comes down to if you have a really strong press release, then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna probably listen to a little bit more. Um, but off top, like, if it takes 45 seconds to get into your song in the first place, I'm not trying to listen to the rest of it. Like, that's a really long time. So just keep in the back of your head, you have 30 seconds, at least at the beginning, to attract everything that you need. It's your elevator pitch. Can you guys touch a little bit on press releases? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Should we touch on that now? Okay, so when you're sending your press release, um, A, if you have the name of an actual person that you're sending it to, address them by the name. Be like, hey, Chetto, how are you today? <laughs> like, we're humans. We like to be asked how we're doing, if our week is good. Um, and then in that press release, you say where you're from. So I know a lot of people have bios, and it's like, oh, so-and-so grew up in such a place and started rapping at three years old and, you know, for, made their first mixtape at 13. Um, I don't need to know that information. When you're writing your press release, you say where you're from. That's always important. Say what the song is. Um, and then, again, who produced it, what album it's from, um, or EP, mixtape, whatever. I need to know where it's coming from, if it's a loose single, if it's a freestyle. Um, if it's a video, I need to know the director name. What am I missing? Hold on. Nope, that's about it. Like the basic, the most basic details and just word it in a way that is actually interesting. Being like, okay, I'm Aaron, I'm from Toronto. Um, this is my new song. It's from, you know, X album that I'm putting out on this date. 
produced by this producer, directed by this guy. And then you can put an artist statement. Again, as I said earlier, why did you make the song? Why did you make the video? It makes it so much more interesting. And then you add your cover art. You can either embed it into an email, you can add it as an attachment, whatever works, works for you, and then your, your streaming link. And that's about it. Like That's a pretty basic press release. Um, you can add whatever press that you've gotten recently. So if you perform today, you can be like this, you know, I performed recently at the... Uh, fresh off the ECMAs. As, at the Hip Hop Invasion Showcase. Um, yeah, fresh off of the ECMAs, you can say that. Like, lead with something that you've been doing. But if you don't have press, that's not a bad thing either. Um, and then your social media links, which is why everybody should get on Twitter, like today. Like everybody. Um, so that we can at you. And the reason why I keep stressing Twitter is like, if we see you retweet our stuff, we're more inclined to keep posting you. If I took you know, three minutes out of my day to post your stuff, I would love to see that post go somewhere else. Like, I'd love it to be shared somewhere, whether that's on Facebook, whether that's on Twitter, that's, it's either or. Um, not every website has a Facebook page at this point, but Twitter is a really good way. I get the notification. I know that you shared it. I know people are looking at it. I can see who is actually interested in your music and go from there. If there's like, like KO, I remember we, we tweeted something and there was like 50 something retweets in you know, a day. And I'm like, okay, who is this kid? What's going on? So I eventually met him and you know, we have a relationship now. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much basic. Basic the, information. The, the fan base is definitely like, that's what I'm saying. Building with a fan base and also see if you can build with one website. Because say if you premiered it with a come up show, right, and then you can send it out to all these these other websites. Hey, we premiered this on the come up show. Yeah, that's that true. gives you credibility. It's already been posted, you know, on one block, so that writer would be like, oh, okay, then let me see what this is about. Yeah, that type of thing. So maybe even sometimes before, like if it's a really important project, big video, big push that you're really trying to get attention to, see if there's one, just target one person before you even release it, before even it's out, say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. And if that person isn't gonna back, get back to you, go on to the next person, this is what I wanna do. And if there's one person that bites, beautiful, and then that's how you'll use that hook and you'll hit up those other websites. Mm -hmm. Basic credibility, you know what I mean? It's called social proof, right? Like, it means like, yo, this, this person, this person co-signs it, so that's why I wanna do that. Yeah. Um, and in your subject titles, you can also put like music submission or like Halifax submission. Keep it very simple, very direct. If you're looking to premiere something, which is a whole next topic, which I'll get into in a second, put premiere request in your subject line so that people know what you're looking for. Um, premieres, I tell my clients this all the time, they're, they're losing their value every day. There's too many of them. There's, it, it literally does not drive traffic to your actual videos, your songs anymore. It's just a matter of saying, I got a premiere on such and such a website. It literally doesn't help too heavy, especially if you're an unknown artist. Um, but it builds a relationship with builds, that website that you're yeah, premiering with. Which is yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, premieres at this point, they end up on the third page at the end of the day, and it doesn't quite matter. So. Yes, like exclusive. Like yeah. they have your song, your video for usually two hours before you can send it anywhere else, and you can only see it on that site. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can request them, but it 
it's hit or miss with whether they're actually, whether there's an ROI on them. Should I go to press distributor, like PR web or PR reach or something? If you, uh, if you have the direct contact, like to the website, like if you had Chetto's contact, you would just put press or, or premier so request or whatever. It, it depends. It honestly depends. I don't, for hip hop, it, I don't see people doing that at all. Okay. Um, okay. Hip hop is a very special genre when it comes to press just because we're so oversaturated and there's so much that's happening every day and we don't have the attention spans to actually keep you know, our focus on one artist for more than 48 hours. Um, so everything that applies to like rock and stuff like that, it really doesn't apply to hip hop too often. They cross over, but when it comes to press, the more direct, the more you know, personal, the better. Um, unless it's like a PR agency that has a good presence with hip hop, which you'd have to look into. There aren't too many. <laughs> so you guys mentioned how many emails you guys get every day. So as an artist, if we like, if they're sending you like a, a press release and a music submission, and they don't hear anything back from you, should they follow up? Um, I would say yes. I wouldn't say that week. I would probably try to follow up, you know, the week after. Just give that seven days for us to go through our emails, and well, if we see it, we see it. If we don't, you know, follow up. Um, I had somebody follow up with me yesterday, and I was like, oh shit, sorry. I will post that right now. Um, so yeah, I would suggest following up. A lot of people don't. Like a lot, a lot of people don't, and then we just do a mass delete, and that's that. <laughs> I think following up for me, for me it helps out for sure. Yeah. And uh, this is where building systems can help you out, right? Because uh, say when I uh, when I do interviews with um, say American artists, and say I interviewed Kendrick, right? Like I I'm gonna try to get that to as many American websites because I want to get the, uh, as many people to see them. So I have a spreadsheet where it's organized by, you know, on Google Doc or whatever, American websites, American blogs, Canadian blogs. And I'll have website, name, email address, because it's a system, because, like, I'm, if you don't have any type of system like that, you're just going to, like, what did I do again? Like, you'll just have, like, hundreds of sent emails on your Gmail, and it's kind of hard to keep track of that. So this is where, like, doing something like that can help you because... Uh, and you can keep it in one place because I have a list of all American blogs. I have a list of Canadian blogs. And uh, that's key. That's really key because um, uh, when I released my Kendrick interview, I got it on Two Dope Boys. And that website alone got me 5,000 views, mm -hmm. the one website. And uh, how I got that on Two Dope Boys is I saw Shake in Toronto and I met him and I shook his hand. We talked for like 10, 15 minutes. And he remembered me and he's like, yo, when you send an email, just say, Toronto in it or whatever and I'll open it up and built a relationship with them so that's why it's key to come out to things like this yeah. you guys probably know a lot of your artist friends that probably never been to a workshop or whatever or don't go to things like this and if you are uh, in, in whatever, whether it be in Halifax or going to CMW in Toronto or whatever you want to build a con those connections those meetings in advance and meet with people because that personal relationship is key mm -hmm. that's like you know Remember, your job is just to get the person to open the email because the music will speak for itself. So I always get like mixed rea reactions when you're, when I send artist bios or when I see other people reading artist bios. Mm -hmm. And 
what are the kind of like do's and don'ts of like information in artist files? Because you see the typical, you know, I'm this artist, I'm yeah. this age, this is where I'm from, yeah. this, these are the shows that I've performed, or these are the people that I've opened up for. Right. How, you know what I mean, does that carry any relevance at all to you? When it comes to somebody in music, not really. Um, I think bios and EPKs, like electronic press kits, are more important when you are applying for festivals as opposed to submitting a, a song to me. Um, if it's for Exclaim, that may be a different story. Like, it really depends on what outlet you're going to. But do I need to know where you grew up to post your song? Probably not necessarily. Do I need to know what school you went to? Not really. Um, I've had somebody who sent me a bio once, and it was like, there were the there was thirteen kids, and their one oldest sister was like an Olympic champion. I'm like, this has nothing to do with you. Like, I don't care about any of this. Um, Olympic champion. Yeah, it was weird. It was it was very strange. But I mean, the shorter the, if you're sending it, keep it very short and sweet. Um, you know the basics. The very basics, like you said, like, you know, I've performed at this place, I've, from this place, I did this album last year, or whatever. The very basics in, a, in your bio, I mean, you need, you need all that information as in terms of, like, how you kind of came into the scene when you are doing more business stuff, but not for submissions. Because if you want more, we're just going to say, we're going to reply and say, yo, can you tell me more about this? Yeah. We'll just ask for it. Yeah. No, I think as like I'm not gonna overlook it, but I'd rather just see it short and simple and the basics. And whatever links you have back, if you want to include links back to what you previously done, like your previous album, like a you know, in case you missed it, I released said album last month, then cool. But I don't need an entire newsletter about you. Yeah, so what I'm looking for, um, all right, well, there's a lot of things that are not like in your control or in almost sometimes my control in terms of budgets, like what are, you know, for example, you were trying to get last summer uh, a bunch of artists to come down to Toronto, but, you know, uh, we didn't have a budget for flights or hotels. We're a nonprofit, or, by the way. So yeah, we're not. Our, we're actually funded by the government, which means yeah. our budgets are so little yeah. to do a lot. Our, the money comes from grants, and that's how we dictate what we can, what we can program or not. Yeah. So those, t those type of things are out of our reach. But like if, say, you were willing to come down on your own dime, like you know, bring yourself down to Toronto, uh, I guess I want to know as a programmer that people are going to care about seeing you perform. Yeah. Right? Because it's going to be at Young and Square where thousands of people come. There's a lot of street traffic, foot traffic. Uh, there's also like um, the type of content. We can't have any swearing. Mm -hmm. So if you're swearing every two seconds or you're talking about 
you know, inappropriate music that is kind of supposed to be a fam family friendly thing, maybe your content won't fit, or if you can't clean it up, then you may not be the best fit. Um, and I just want to know that people are going to care. So is there a bunch of fans that you have in Toronto, right? Because if you're not a great performer, then, you know, I might put you on at, the festival starts at 12, I might put you on at 1230, where there's going to be not that, many, not that many people uh, there yet. There might be a few hundred people. Um, but say you did come, I put you on at 1230, and then you brought, like, you know, some Toronto fans to check you out, then, oh, I'm going to note that, and then maybe next year we'll get you a better time slot. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like, it's the music, it's who you are, it's your buzz. You need to have some type of buzz to put you on. Some type of buzz to be on Manifesto Festival. Yeah. Uh, because, because I get over hundreds of submissions, maybe like 100, 200 submissions, and I have time, maybe I can book maybe approximately 10 to 20 artists. Out of hundreds. For five days. For over the five days. Yeah. Probably even less on the actual, the festival. And I want like some type of like notoriety, like are people going to care about you? Have you put in your work? Are you grinding? Are you, do you have momentum? Is it like you're trying to get on Manifesto in September and you haven't released an album in over a year and a half or two years or anything like that? Right, so momentum is really important. That's where planning is really important as well, because you need to think of like what's the next year gonna look like. And if September is manifesto. Okay, like you know, I'm gonna release my album in the summertime, and I, I think manifesto would be good. And if you can if you can come to, with things like that, say yo, Chetto, I have my album coming out, and like you know, in July, I want to get on manifesto. I'm gonna be pushing it hardcore. I want to make this one of my stops. Then I know that you have other material like you have momentum there's going to be a lot of buzz for you in the summertime a lot of media covering you and that's those are the type of things those are the most important things like a momentum buzz you're grinding you're working your music's great people are going to care yeah those type of things is what I'm looking for I think with I don't I've helped Toto with the, the music uh, programming but when I do my own showcases, the things that I'm looking for are, A, if you've released any recent music, because I don't want to put anybody on a showcase who has released music two, three years ago. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, and B, like, if, you're, if your hustle is so good and I see you working and I see you, like, trying to make every opportunity the best of every opportunity, I want you to be on that showcase for a 15-minute slot so that I know that you're going to be networking for the rest of the week when you're doing that festival. Um, you know, again, these are like 15, 30 minute slots, but that's literally a fraction of your time at a festival. So that's not even the most important. I mean, it's very important for you to perform and whatever, but that networking is where you are more inclined to, you know, get more money realistically. But again, like Chato said, if you're hustling, we're noticing. And that's really what it comes We're down definitely to. Definitely noticing. And there was an artist named Sophia Denai two years ago. Yeah. Remember, she's from Vancouver, Vancouver, and we didn't have that much money to offer her. But she came down, and uh, she actually booked shows around. She did, you know, she performed at uh, on Bay. Saturday, but she booked a show after. She did like a few other like you know you know uh, events like that. She got on and she hustled. I'm like wow, that's we pay attention to your mm -hmm. rhyme because if you really want it, you're hungry and you're doing all these things. We're gonna want to help you. Yeah. You know. And to add to that, does anybody know Blake Carrington? 
course. I feel like there's Blake. Blake is from Toronto. Blake is like one of the, gonna, the most. I was thinking about him right now. Who are you? If you go to any like festival in Toronto, people know Blake. If you go to A3C, people know Blake. They run into me. They're like, oh, I just met a Canadian. He was like very loud, and I'm like, that's Blake. I know that's Blake. So Blake actually, he took. A, he doesn't take planes for some reason. He took a. Uh, he drove down to Atlanta for three years in a row without a showcase. Like, that's dedication in the first place. He ends up on these showcases, and then I put him on a showcase because I knew he was hustling. I knew, like, that's dedication. Um, and then he ended up performing at the A3C showcase in South by Southwest or at South by Southwest. Like, the, you really need to invest in your career. If you need to come down to Toronto and pay for your own flight, but you know you have that slot, Make the best of it. Come down, pay for it, invest, and just meet everybody around. Like, Manifesto is one of the biggest hip-hop festivals in Canada, if not the biggest. Um, and we have our A&R friends. We have our label. Like, Universal Music comes through. SoCan comes through. Factor is there. Um, so you can meet these people, and that's, that's an investment that you have to make. There's nothing for free in this industry at all. So... Really <laughs> You're like, no, nothing. <laughs> so you really, you really have to invest in it and put up that money. And look and into take, grants. take part, like, uh, what I find in Toronto or in here or whatever. Like, uh, if you guys are, is it, like, is most people here from Nova Scotia? Like, no. yeah. No? Where are you from? Oh, okay. New Brunswick? Yeah. Like, um, you know, you're... you're your your hometown your hometown is like you know hopefully you're loved in your hometown yeah and hopefully you're part of the you're you're, you're seen in your hometown because uh, what is the what is Talib Kali I never forget when he says he's like <coughs> you're either contributing to the culture or just taking from it yeah are you contributing to your culture are you making like are you there for another rapper or artist or musicians like EP album release performance or whatever yeah. or you're like nah that's another rapper I don't do I don't. I just stay to my own and I just stay home all the time because if you're not contributing to your culture to your scene then why should people care about you why should people contribute to you right like like we're, we're in this because we love music right we're, we're in this because I'm assuming most of us love hip hop or whatever that genre is you are a fan and I hope that you continue to be a fan and you and you make a you try to make that difference because yeah. that's when people want to give back and want to help you out and that's when you show love, you're going to get love. Yeah. It's the law of nature. And then when you guys all leave together, you, make, you get so much more accomplished together. Um, I know at A3C, I made one of the rules at the showcase. is like, everybody had to stay till the end. But to be there at the beginning, you have to stay till the end. Everybody had to support each other. That was the rule. And at the end of it, people started making songs together. Blake Carrington and Devante married their song. Um, you know, these connections all got made. So if you are strong as a community, you're going to get further. For sure. Yeah. We noticed that too, right? Like, because that's the number one problem everywhere. Like, everybody's like, oh, unity, nobody works together. Everybody does their own thing. That's a, a problem everywhere. But, like, if there is a scene that works together, if there's a scene that supports each other, then we're going to, like, feel that energy and we're going to, like, like, wow, this, it's a re this is really cool. And we'll, we'll try to help that out and support that as well, too. What was that? Yeah. Especially as far as hip hop goes. Yeah. It's like the scene is starting to grow, but at the end of the day, everybody's sectioned. Like, everybody's in their sections. I have, yeah. my, I have my squad. <coughs> your squad's over there. Like, right. you know, like, it needs to come to a challenge where everybody's supporting everyone. Like, when I, when I, when we tour together, 
I fucking watch everybody that opens up for us. Like I'm, I'm I want to be that fan to them. Yeah. You know? So it's like I, I don't I don't see it as much, but I want to see it more, especially on the East Coast. Like I want artists to support other artists. Like, right. That's how it should be. And it should be that way. That's easy, like an easier way for you to go on the websites and the blogs and whatever because you use each other's networks, right? So if I needed, like, I don't know, say I needed the Fader uh, editor's email, I can hit up Chetto because I, you know, we swore each other. He'll probably give it to me and I can go from there. So play off everybody's network. That's how you build yours. Last night, you and Dreams performed over there. And, uh, I went to the dance floor and I just started putting you down. And the next thing you know, the whole dance floor is packed. And, there you go. <laughs> now everybody knows you as the guy who's dancing in the middle. So that works. They'll remember you. <laughs> For sure. So I just want to open it up before kind of we close things down. Um, but just more kind of general, just talking about the music industry and not to just like put the spotlight on ghetto, but ghetto just walked in too, so it'd be good to get some insight from you as well on these next kind of few like general questions in that sense, if you don't mind contributing. <laughs> um, so yeah, just general, like what advice do you give to independent artists that are trying to get up there and Uh, the advice that I gave is I, I would have given before. Like, there's no magic bullet to, to being a success. Everybody has their own path. Everyone, everyone has like their own story. From all these artists that I've interviewed, and when I, and I'm like, how did you get here? I whatever. Like, you know, there's a little bit of serendipity, a little bit of luck that happens. But everybody has their own unique journey. And there's not. I can't tell you one thing that's gonna make you like get to where you want to get to. Um, I think we're in an exciting time right now in music because you can make you should be making what you want to make because there's so much competition out there that you shouldn't try to sound like anybody else uh, the, the artists who uh, the artists who are succeeding are making their own sound and they're staying true to themselves and they're doing the thing you know what I mean like you know like I'll just sit straight up like you know five years ago four years ago I wasn't a fan of Future mm. you know like if, if you Yo, <laughs> now you're saying that. I bet you three years ago you're saying this is trash. I'm still not a fan. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm still not a big fan either. I, a lot of people are saying, yo, like he's trash. There's a lot of artists that people are, yo, there's a lot of artists. Think about them. Everybody's cutting them up, right? But like, does anybody really sound like Future? Designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Designer. But they get the credit. They get the credit, right? Of like. Cause I, I think I think most of the industry probably thought when Future came out like what is this like who's who's gonna really care about this right because I like what is like I can't I can barely understand the words so I, I find that like uh, people will eventually come around and just if you're staying true to your own sound and your and your building and um, and like yeah we're in an exciting time because you can reach anybody like before there was a lot of gatekeepers. But now you can, there aren't, there aren't as many gatekeepers, and you could do it the way you want to do it. Yeah. What's up? Hi. Um, I just wanted to say one thing, though, after that idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
this was the only way you could find out about Goldman and Luca or like somebody like a folk artist because they would be separated from the internet and that sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think as hip hop or rap artists, you know, we've always been gorilla, you know, figuring out ways to get our shit up, like, you know, doing posters for our own shows, like call go doing the radio, like rhyming, that sort of thing. And um, so I think that, you know, it's, there's even more importance on connecting with tastemakers and media people because the buyers and the agents they don't have they don't have to come here. You know right. what I mean? They don't have to come to the ECMA anymore. And I think you know that's why we're seeing a decline in this type of infrastructure involved with the music industry, right? Because they don't need to come here. They can just go online. And what are they looking for? They're looking for a certain type of artist and then any buzz associated. Buzz. So that's where. Has come into play with features and content, and uh, for them to make decisions, they just look. They look online. They find something that looks promising, or like some a good review, or whatever, whatever, and then that's where they make the decision. And then, the, and then you guys will visit them conveniently a link to contact the artists. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, there's no need for a landline phone. You know what I mean, everyone's got a cell phone. It's like yeah no that's very valuable and then once again what I'm like what I really uh, I notice is like if your fans are like crazy about you, whatever fans that you have right like there was this artist named uh, John River who was from uh, Mississauga and um, I remember I was on uh, doing, um, I was on a radio, like live doing a radio show, and we got 20 tweets from 20 different people saying, "Play John River right now!" Like, I'm like, "What's going on right now?" Our, t our Twitter is blowing up, and then, um, and then like John River called in or whatever, and we were talking to him, and then that's how we developed the relationship. And there's a bunch of people like, if you have a bunch of like soldiers, some people online and saying, "Yo, I need your support for this." Or if we post you on our blog, as Aaron said, and we see our traffic is going up, there's like 100 shares or 60 shares on that, on that article, and our analytics are going up, and our, we, our, the retweets are nuts, or we're getting followers from, your fans have followed us or whatever, that, that we're going to pay attention to that. And that's, that's something that and like, you can start. Like, I hope you have 10 fans or 20 fans. Like, I hope you can get your family and friends to like, vouch and to, do, like, like, to push for you because that's something that you can find in your circle right now to get you to the next level where a blog can pay attention and then you show the blog love and then it builds from there. So those are the most valuable things because you could be a popping artist and not be on as many blogs. You can be. There are, there are artists out there who don't really care about media that much who are just have that direct relationship with their fans because that's who's going to pay for your show. Right? Media's not paying for your show because we're on guest list. <laughs> that's the truth, right? We're on guest list. You, that, that your fans are going to pay for your show, and that's, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, three things I would say. First, go to every festival that you can ever go to and do that networking. So you have your CMW, your North by Northeast, A3C, CMJ. Uh, those are the main four that kind of, and South by, but those are the main four that I would really suggest for a hip hop artist. Um, and when you go and you have your music, if you still have CDs, I don't know who still does have CDs and makes them, but if you do, when you're handing over something to somebody, look them in the eye and introduce yourself. 
There's too many times that people have literally thrown CDs at me, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you gave me this. Um, so really make that, make that contact. Humans are humans. We want to be communicated with in a very respectful way. That's one thing. Two, um, we're sitting here talking about blog posts, but what was just touched upon is that a blog post will never break or make your career, ever. Um, you need to keep doing your shows. You need to keep having that fan base, that personal one-on-one connection with the people that you are literally, who are going to your shows, who are buying your CDs. You need to have that one-on-one. Um, so never expect a blog post to get you signed. All of a sudden, it's not going to happen. Every person who has a career right now, uh, take Jazz Cartier for instance, he literally has been grinding for a minute, and his career didn't happen overnight just because somebody picked them up online. Um, third thing, I feel like there was a third thing that I absolutely forget right now, but those are I'm going to stick with those two for right now until I remember the third. <laughs> yes. Well, I just want to say thank you Thanks. to both you I hope you enjoyed that talk. Let me know what you think about it. Once again, if you're an artist, if you got any value from this and you'd like to see more content like this on the Come Up Show podcast and our website, please leave one comment. If one person leaves a comment, I'll continue to do it. If not, then, you know, who knows if you'll see it again. My name is Chetto. I hope you come out to our ninth year anniversary tonight in London, Ontario, or next Thursday, April 28th in Toronto. And once again, if you haven't subscribed, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and we just got on Google Play Music as well. My name is Chetto, and I want to thank you for your time and your attention and for listening. I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace.